Is this the reading room? Yes, I'm Saad Manzul. And I'm Travis Howard. This is Reading Room Talk. Thank you for pressing play. Welcome, welcome. Yes, thanks everybody. Welcome, welcome. Mm. So, long story short, I went down, interviewed, and it was at a community center down in Montgomery County, Maryland, called Adventist Healthcare. Mm. And I had not really heard of that particular, I know Adventist is worldwide, but I'd not, never really heard of this particular system. But what attracted me to it was the fact that, once again, it allowed me to do all three of the things that I did. Because mm. I remember I told you when I was, came out as an attending, my fear was always, if you do one thing, it kind of limits you. Yeah. And I'm not, again, I say to all of you academic people that only do your subspecialty and you do it damn well, I, hey, kudos, I'm not talking about you. I'm just saying for me, Shout out. Um, yes. uh, being able to roll between things was more attractive to me. Yeah. And that's how I ended up down in the Maryland area. And that's how I ended up starting into the community and private practice model. Mm. That was my entrance into the private practice model. What are the differences? What, or what did you, what did you notice off jump that was different? Um, number one, radiologists are extremely difficult people. We are a, we are a very difficult group of people, or let me say we can be. How about that? How about that? <laughs> we can be a very difficult group of people. And I have my theory as to why. I'll save it for later. And I'll tell you, I have a theory as to why radiologists have so much internal strife, <laughs> internal clashing, and a lot of gesturing and posturing and, you know, or rather. I might as well tell it. So my theory is this. My theory is this. Radiology is the most important specialty in any acute care setting, in my opinion. Mm. Oh, yeah. Nobody moves without radiology. Mm -hmm. right? Radiology today, as it was even when I came out, has completely, well, not completely, has significantly replace the physical examination. Mm. Right. And so without physical examination, which is what we all got beaten up in med school and residency to do and to rely on, you come out and you realize that you don't need a damn physical examination. Just send them to radiology. Right. <laughs> Just scan something. That's right. Right. Mm, talk about it. And so that that change in the way medicine is practiced, you know, didn't happen overnight. It's been going on slowly for decades. That's one. Number mm -hmm. two, radiologists, particularly diagnostic radiologists, with the advent of PACs and remote reading and remote meaning not necessarily even home, but, you know, being able to read in the ICU, meaning 
if the ICU wants to look at a film, they don't have to go down to radiology to see it. They can just bring it up on their machine in the ICU. Mm. The ER can bring up their images in the ER. They don't need to come around physically to the radiology reading room anymore to read. Mm. So radiologists over the past probably 20, 30 years increasingly have become more isolated physically because you no longer have that interaction as commonly with the referring physicians as they did, you know, 50 years ago, let's say. I like this theory. Okay. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's number two. Number three, radiologists have always kind of been pushed to the periphery of the medical value um, chart that's always created within the hospital where the neurosurgeon is the top dog. Yeah, that's true. Right? And then the bottom dog is radiology, right? They even make jokes about it. Oh, you guys come in at 10 a.m. and you leave at 1, right? And um, so that's number three. Number four, because we are so siloed, we don't have a lot of that patient interaction that a lot of the other clinicians are having on the floor, in the ER, in the ICU, et cetera. And medicine historically has always given value to doctors who were quote, quote unquote, in the mix, mm. right? So if you're not in the mix, you don't get the same value as the other doctors who are always quote unquote, in the mix. Okay, now I'm about to bring it home. So if you are part of a group of individuals who essentially are devalued because there is a perception that you are not as valuable as the ER doc, the intensivist, the surgeon, and then you as the devalued group of people have accepted the fact that, okay, well, they don't respect me, whatever. I'll just make my money and go home, right? So what happens is you then become a specialty where you kind of internalize that perceived devaluation and you, as all men do in society, although you're okay with them saying you're not a real doctor in joke, but you as a man, particularly, I can speak for men, I can't speak for women. You want to be a man in your own house, though. Right? So you you don't want to fight the system, but you damn sure want to puff your chest out in the reading room. Because every person wants to be a man in their own house. And particularly if you are a marginalized community. Now I'm taking it to church. Right. Right. If you are particular, <laughs> if in particular, if you are a, are a marginalized community that you cannot fight the system, what do you do? If somebody comes onto your block, you say, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa!" Right? I may not be able to fight to get jobs. I may not be able to fight to get equal treatment. But you step on my block, and I'm going to hurt you because I'm going to show you who's boss on this block. Hmm. Right. So put all of those points I put together out there on the table, put them together. And what you've created is if you've, you've created an environment that can turn on itself very easily in the radiology reading room where people are trying to create 
a system of importance when the system outside has marginalized them. Let me just take a minute. This brother has broken down crime in the hood. <laughs> he, has, he has broken down crime in the hood. And, and he's a radiology as a metaphor. No. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so that is why, it. that is why in many radiology groups, and I'm going to say many because I know there are people listening saying, oh, well, my group's not like that. We love each other. Well, that's great for you. All right. But in my experience, you know, I see a lot of radiology infighting and a lot of posturing. And it comes from, I think people turn their frustrations in on themselves when you've been excluded and we have been excluded and that has created environments in radiology that are extremely and can be extremely toxic uh -huh. mm. right because every man and 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 woman i'm using man as kind of like you know every guy every person every every woman in in that marginalized group you want to be you want to be special you you want people to respect you yeah you've done a lot to get to this point so for sure for yeah. sure right you you want the respect but the system won't give it to you so what are you going to do you're just going to roll over and die no you are going to create a system where you're at the top of the chain but guess what you're only the top of the chain in your reading room <laughs> that's funny man i think it's true <laughs> It is, and you know you we all know those people you encounter oh yeah they have a chip on their shoulder right yeah they're not so pleasant they're angry and they're so angry. in where does that show itself more i think in private practice right because you mm. now have a bunch of people who own a practice or run a practice and they create the culture yeah. and they want to maintain the power they want to make sure their money stays where it is. They want to be the top earners. And if you want to run the block, you are going to make sure that people follow your rules. Mm. And so new doctors coming in at a fellowship or new doctors coming into your private practice, you're going to have to, when they come in, it's like jail. Like when they come in, you got to make sure... <laughs> You got to make sure you remind them of who's the top dog here. You got to break them in. You got to break them in and let them know this is the game you signed up for. And we're not listening to any of your outside ideas of how to improve. We've been doing this for 30, 40 years, son. You you fall in line. Pipe down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, uh, <laughs> I see it. That is why. <laughs> Oh man, I can see it. I can see it, man. It's uh, you're right. You're right. I think there's um, yeah. So and then like I guess the other part is that you don't really have anyone to boss around. You don't have like residents or anyone. So it's just like you're just getting bossed at, you know. So exactly. So so again, this is why you know you. It is kind of funny when I make the analogy, but then when you think about it, it's actually true. I mean, I know this is a reach, and I'm ready for people who want to come at me, but. You know, think about, you know, uh, uh, the African-American community, right? Think about how we have been marginalized. We've been devalued. Sure. We, we, we don't have hope that we could prevent the city from dumping waste in our backyard. 
right? We accept it because we know that we don't have the political power, we don't have the economic power to prevent them from building that plant in our backyard. We may complain about it, we may shake our heads, but we just don't have it in us to say, this will not happen here, we've accepted it, mm. right? But that doesn't change our internal level of discontent with our position. Because you're still a human. Yeah. We still carry that rage within us that we're like, I can't believe they're doing this to us. They would never do this if if this was at the North Shore of Long Island. They would never do this to us, right? Mm -hmm. So that rage translates oftentimes into, okay, we're in an under-resourced area with little power, but I still need to be... I still need to feel like I'm in control of something. So what do we do? We create our own hierarchy within our communities. Mm. I wasn't joking. You broke it down. Like, yeah. like it's it's uh, there are many more aspects to it, but that's that's a huge part of it. <clears throat> right. Of course. You know, I'm blanketing. I'm I'm making some very simple analogies here. And yes, I know. Like, oh, this dude, he's missing the other fifty-five, you know, uh, pieces. Of course. But I'm trying to make a point, which is it's human nature. And I think radiology, yeah. there's a part of radiology, a part of radiology that has created this eat your young type mentality in private practice that is exacerbated. Now, eat your young exists in all private practices, whether it be surgery, pathology, it, it happens everywhere. But because we are the marginalized, the more marginalized specialty, that eat your young uh, uh, degree of animus is exacerbated by that kind of like when the surgeon comes into the reading room and is like, who read this report? And who said this? And then somebody says, oh, well, let me take a look at it. You know, you have a choice. You can either say, well, you know, Dr. Surgeon, I agree with what my colleague said, and I wouldn't I wouldn't really addend it, I think. And he's like, well, I need it addended, right? You have a choice. Or you want to turn around and be like, uh, Dr. Howard, uh, Dr. Surgeon is here, and he doesn't like your dictation. And actually, I don't like it either. So I, I need you to make a addendum. Mm. Oh, sucker. Right? And so Dr. Surgeon is like, shakes his head like, yeah, that's right. Right. And Dr. Surgeon walks out and then the two of you are staring at each other. And now I put my head down and and you're looking at me like, did you just basically just like pimp me out in front of Dr. Surgeon? <laughs> right? oh, the dynamic is crazy. The yeah. dynamic is crazy. Right. Yeah. But, you know, whereas I'm like, no, you know, no, I well, I didn't listen. I, I agree with him. Why? Because why? Because I'm trying to look good in the eyes of Dr. Surgeon. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to make an exception of myself to keep favor with Dr. Surgeon. And this is the radiology mentality that I absolutely despise. Because at the end of the day, Dr. Surgeon does not prefer me to Dr. Howard. He views us all the same anyway. <laughs> Man, I am loving this. You know, I'm loving this. All right, so this here we are now picking each other apart. Yeah. On the block, 
right. thinking that we're getting favor to our quote unquote oppressors, quote unquote. This is a joke now, okay? <laughs> but meanwhile, there is no favoritism to the man who dimes out the resistant movement leader. Mm. Right. It, there's no favor. And this is what holds radiology back is that we're yeah. not we struggle to move forward together as a unit instead of uh, oftentimes saying, uh, you know what, um, I'm going to try to do something that makes me look like a special marginalized doctor. <laughs> I'm, la I'm laughing too much. For me. And I shouldn't be because you are you are hitting the nail on the head. Mm. About the amount of interaction that happens in an academic setting between mm -hmm. the specialties. You know, one thing mm -hmm. that I love during my training, during fellowship, and during residency is that you know, the the that the neuroradiologists, the body, they knew the surgeons, they knew they everyone knew each other in such a way. Conversations, conferences were being had, and mm -hmm. when you have that face-to-face -face time with you know another specialty, and you, you get that trust. You're going to go to bat for so-and-so. You know what I mean? When you have these big meetings and the department heads get together and they talk about who gets this piece of the pie, I think there's a little more camaraderie there because you're working together more often than you do at a private, in a private practice setting. Yeah, you're like amongst humans. Like, yeah, just humans being together in the same place in the same time is just, just more important than... You know, it's, it, 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 there's just... Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing comparable. Like, not a Zoom meeting, not a phone call. There's just nothing like people being in the same room and like hearing someone say something to you you know so and i was gonna say i feel like you're you know the example is actually like you know exacerbated by the fact that like now like people aren't even in the same room so like you'll you know you'll get a call from someone else telling you to attend it and then you haven't even talked to the original person or no. seen them you know it's just all like via phone call or email so exactly yeah it's it's i can see that for sure i mean that's uh it's tough and it's it is important to recognize so you don't like kind of fall into the uh you know kind of fall into the uh trouble that comes with it but you know it, it's natural like you said that it's it's not this isn't the only this isn't the only like uh interaction where like uh you know this kind of happens so that's it's very interesting so um, to your point in 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 academics like you know when i was at stony brook neuro we had our own reading room right because we were quote unquote special right so <laughs> neuro had their own reading room and i better not open the door and find one of y'all body people in my reading room <laughs> Right. So so is there division and uh, internal uh, perceived value values in academics as well? Of course. Again, it's human nature. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, think about it. I mean, what's so special about neuro that they needed their own reading room? I mean, is there something special about a brain MRI that you need your own reading room? I mean, no, it's just. It's human beings, yo. That's how we operate, right? And that was in academics. Yeah, uh, but very as, tribal. At very tribal, but as as was just stated, most people are in house in the academic center. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Most people are in house. You're seeing the same people every day. You know who the neurosurgeons are. You know who the neurologists are. They're not some private practice group that just share space mm -hmm. they are part of the crew and you do develop more 
dependence on them, on each other. Everybody is dependent on each other because you're essentially just you're just vibing together every single day. And the highly subspecialized doctors are present. Mm-hmm. So in a community private practice center, you know, when you need, you know, I, I, again, I'm just making this up. When you need the the toe surgeon um, in the community center, <laughs> there may not be a toe surgeon, you know, even to call. Mm. Right. But in the academic center, there likely is a fifth toe surgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. So that creates also a different level of comfort in the academic center that you often don't have in the private practice, because in the private practice, you're usually in a in a community center and there may not be a fifth toe surgeon. And so you got to figure out uh, what can you do in lieu or do we need to transfer this patient to a tertiary care center? That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's real. I mean, that's that's these are all these are like real examples. They're true, man. But. But let me say this too, right? Real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, and then I'll let you ask your question because I don't know whether you're going to touch this, but let's be real. Money talks. Mm -hmm. Right? And academic centers usually don't pay as much as the private practices do. Mm -hmm. And we are all Western civilized minded people. And as much as you guys are talking about, I want to be home with my family and I want to be able to, you know, garden in the backyard. <laughs> um, we want to get paid. Yeah. Right. So that's where that academic job, you really have to make some calculations as to how do you get paid, but not necessarily paid monetarily? There are other ways to get paid in academics. Oh, yes. Please talk about this. Right. But I just said that to interrupt you, but you were going to ask a question. Oh, no, I was going to go in a diff- totally different direction. But no, please, please talk about the different ways to get paid in academics because it's not always money. You're right. It's not always money. Like when I was at Stanford, I'll tell you one thing I noticed from the jump when I was a fellow at Stanford. Stanford is a name that many people literally go there so that they can work at Stanford. That's pain. Yeah. Yep. That's right? Exactly right. There are doctors That's at Stanford right. and not just radiology. I'm talking about all specialties that I ran into in my two years there that if, if you, if they got shot on the street and you came and said, Hey, Dr. Smith, uh, I heard a gunshot. Now I see you're bleeding from the chest. He would probably look up at me. There are some doctors that look up and be like, yeah, I did get shot in the chest. But did you know I was a Stanford surgeon? (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, no, I didn't know that. And he'd be like, yeah, I actually, I've been working here for about five years. I am a Stanford neurosurgeon. Like it is important. Yeah to that yeah. person's identity to be able to say that they're a Stanford neurosurgeon or a Stanford intensivist or a Stanford, you know, internal medicine doctor. It is a form of payment for some people. That is part of something that is very important to them. And I'm not judging. No, not me neither. Right. Because all. remember, you're trying to be happy. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. 
and that's and, different for different people. And that is different for different people. So if you are happy being able to say that you are a Stanford physician or, you know, fill in the blank physician, mm-hmm. A, Godspeed. Yeah. We need them. Right. We need them there. Right. Those are the people that, you know, um, my section chief at Stanford, Scott Atlas, used to say, you know, they are type A or type ones. Those are the doctors that they likely wanted to be doctors from the time they were like five years old. Um, They really they they are driven to be physicians. Mm -hmm. And they a lot of times they would do what they do for free because they are enamored with the thrill of being a physician. And guess what? We all should be like that. Mm. But the truth is, we are not all like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> but, that's, but that's important to like, to know about yourself when you're making these decisions, you know, like yeah. whenever you are looking at these different jobs, like how important is it, the reputation of where you're going to be working and like, you know, what's going to be stitched into your white coat, even if you have a white coat, you know, like these, these are all important, you know, things to take into account. And uh, the decision that you may make may not be the same decision someone else makes, but you just, like you said, you have to be happy with the decision that you make, you know, cause it's, and then it's you, it's, it's your money, it's your time. It's, it's your life. And um, yeah, and- you're right. And I just want to raise this point so it doesn't get lost in the sauce, you know, some think that you only have to, your only option is academic center if you want to do research or you want to teach. And that's not true. You know, so sometimes it's a hard, hard stop for a lot of people, but there are hyper positions, there are jobs out there where you get plenty of opportunity to teach and do research. Now, is your research backed by tons of money and lots of resources like at a Stanford or, you know, a Mayo Clinic? probably may, may not be the case, but if you want to do those things, you still can do those things and not be in a strictly academic practice. Yeah. 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 No, that's exactly right. And um, yeah, the research part is important. The teaching part is important. Like you said, I mean that not every, uh, you know, some private practices, you know, they do have residents come through and that's important to look at, you know, and even if it's not radiology residents, maybe you'll be teaching, you know, internal medicine residents or teaching like a different um, you know, different, different residents, like about radiology, which is important as well. So, sure. and, uh, I was going to say, I feel like, uh, what are you guys' thoughts? I'll ask you, Travis, what are you guys' thoughts on like, uh, you know, younger people who are going into radiology, knowing that they're going to do private practice and work from home? Wow. Um, you know, I, the radiologist we, that comes to mind that we spoke to, she lives in Hawaii. that's right that's right that's right she lives in hawaii and she reads off hours and she's on the beach and she you know she knew what she wanted she seems very happy i think um you can find that niche and find that find that thing you want um whether it be location whether you're you're you know in a different country what have you Mm-hmm. I mean, more power to you. And nothing you do has to last forever. That's the beautiful thing about radiology. And yes, the that you do. Like, if you do it for a couple of years and you want to move on to something else, that is like by far the norm, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, I think, yeah, greater than 50% of people leave their first job within the first couple of years, you know? So you're not, you're not abnormal leaving your first job. 
you know so that that makes that makes sense so i guess Santi, going back to your point like i mean i think there are like younger people who are going into radiology knowing that like i mean they're not even thinking about like that interaction in the hospital like you know they're literally just going into it thinking i can't wait to get paid to work from home and you know like i feel like they're kind of they're kind of built for it a little bit more you know knowing that like you know they're, they're not going into it looking for like the interaction not looking for you know you know bumping heads with other people you know they they kind of know where their spot's going to be and they're comfortable like knowing that i'm going to be working remotely i'll be reading for hospitals from all over the country but i'm not going to be giving people issues you know so i, I think and i don't think i would recommend that off the bat i mean that's just and maybe I'm, I'm, you know, a little preference here. You mm-hmm. learn so much from working with other people. You, know? you do, you do, you do. In IR, like I've learned so much from my partners and the different ways to do things. Like I can't imagine that being your first job and never, never learning anything else from another experienced radiologist. So, um, true. I just say that. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's, this is. Uh, I mean, this is kind of the, you know, the the trend, you know, for some people, and also kind of like. I think the thing that you kind of talked about, Sante, was like just, you know, being able to do procedures. I feel like how important was like, you know, doing procedures for you whenever you are, um, you know, whenever you're looking to like work? Well, it's important for me because I am maybe I have only child disease. I get bored real easy. So if if <laughs> I am reading, like if I read on Monday, like mm-hmm. eight to five or eight to six, if I'm reading, I could probably read again Tuesday by Wednesday, I'm starting to get antsy. Um, by Thursday, when the phone rings and you say, uh, uh, radiology, Dr. Dixon, and they say, hi, uh, this is Rosemary from the ER. Uh, we're wondering, and I'm making up Rosemary, if your name is Rosemary, it's not because of you. Um, uh, I'm wondering if uh, we can get a read on patient Smith. And I look on the the um the packs and I see that Smith Smith isn't completed yet and I can hear the gantry spinning <laughs> <laughs> because Smith is still on the damn table mm-hmm. right and Rosemary wants to know if she can get a reading right now if she calls me on Wednesday or Thursday in that situation she's going to get a, a different Asante Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> right. If she calls me on Monday morning, I'd probably be like, well, Rosemary, are you, who are you? Oh, you're the PA. Okay. Rosemary. Rosemary. Um, Miss Smith is on the table. So please give us some time so we can finish scanning. Let's post process, send the packs. And Rosemary, do you have a number? Maybe I'll call you. Right. That's Monday morning. That's Monday Dixon. That's what's Monday, it? Dixon. What's Thursday, Dixon? What is, I'm going to hear this. Thursday, Dixon is Rosemary. Hold on a second. <laughs> um, how long ago did this patient get scanned? <laughs> oh, you don't know? Uh, well, Rosemary, the patient is on the table right now. Okay, and we are behind because the ER is scanning everybody and their mother. <laughs> All right. So if you would allow me to catch up with the studies that we are trying to read for you, I'll be sure to put Miss Smith in the queue. 
But every time you call me, (laughs) Rosemary, you are setting me back. Ah, so funny. Right. So let's just assume that we're working everybody as they come. We are doing our best. But please Mm. stop calling us. It's good. good call. Oh man, what's right. Friday? What's Friday, Dixon? Friday. <laughs> Friday. I I I have nothing left, mm-hmm. and so then that next week I don't want to read again. Mm, yeah. I need to go to IR yeah. because I I need now to be able to kind of like not have people calling me and asking me stuff or not have. You know, and if you're a young radiologist listening to me, I know you're like, yo, this dude is salty. I'm not salty per se. I'm just telling you the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's great, great good that maybe next time we have a podcast, (laughs) I'll give you all the good. But right now I'm giving you the salty radiology points. And IR, IR also. I'm a different IR doctor on Monday than I am on Thursday. Yeah. 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 So on Monday, right. When they just put in a consult for a carotid stent and the requisition prints out, or it shows up on the uh, electronic medical record. um, But nobody calls me to discuss it. Then on Monday, I will call Dr. Smith and say, Dr. Smith, how are you? Good. Asante Dixon from IR. Look, I see you put in an order for a carotid stent. Number two, uh, number one, um, there are two carotids. Which one did you want? Because you didn't specify. (laughs) Oh, the left. Okay. Okay, good. Left. I'll write down left. L-E-F-T. Left side with a circle. Okay, good. Um. Any history I should know of as to why you want me to stent the left carotid? Oh, okay, good. That makes sense because your history just said pain. (laughs) Right? So thanks. Great. This makes sense. Okay, good. We'll work on it. That's Monday. Right? By Friday, when I see the order for carotid stent with no history, no phone call, no discussion. I look through the chart, make sure that the patient is not, you know, dying or something, because as much as I want to stab people, I don't want the patient to suffer as a result of me having my own internal meltdown. Mm. So once I see that the patient is stable and it's not really emergent, that's when I go into real Dixon mode on Friday, which is I'll either just delete the consult (laughs) or I will just not respond to it like not i'm not making any calls i'm not looking for you i will wait for you to realize that if you're sending your patient for a procedure you should have the respect for your patient to call the proceduralist to discuss this rather Mm -hmm. invasive procedure that you would like your patient to undergo and to not just put it in the computer as an order like you're at burger king Get them together, man. Get them together. Truth telling. I love it, man. Uh, so so by the time Friday comes, when I go home on Friday, I'm like, yo, this. <laughs> so I go back and forth. I go back and forth. And that's why procedures 
it was a good decision on my part to be able to do quote unquote everything because yeah. I get bored. I get bored very easily. No, that's so. I mean, you're you're pretty you're pretty aware of what you need and what you don't need, which is which is super important. And uh, I think like anyone listening, it's important for them to to know that you know when you make a decision, it's your decision to make. Don't make a decision based on what other people you know want you to do or like the you know perceived benefits that you may not feel. So I mean, that's. That's true. That's 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 awesome that you like know about yourself. And also, I think like, you know, that's not unique to like radiology. I think that's, you know, like your Monday through Friday is uh, it can be tough. It's demanding. It's a, it's a demanding career and it's a lot to, uh, you know, process and do every day. So it's good to just know that you may be you may be close to E. Very important to just know that. You know? One thing I do want to say, guys, because you mentioned it and and I want to say the new radiologists are a totally different breed. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now I kind of came in, you know, I, I graduated fellowship in 2007. So I'm, I'm middle old, right? You guys are young. Uh, I'm middle. And then there's still the old, old guys above me, but I'm headed towards them now. Um, <laughs> but the new guys coming in now and guys, meaning guys and women, they have no bones about saying, number one, I do not want to step foot in that hospital. All right. <laughs> number sure. two, when my shift is over at 6 p.m., at 6.01, I will be logging off. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> number three, I need somebody to call and receive calls because I am not picking up the phone to call the ER and waiting on hold and doing this, which is stuff that we used to do back in the day, which is you oh, call, yeah. you wait, right? <laughs> they it's need not somebody. Even a, it's not even a call now. It's, it's an email or it's a, an email or an auto text. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then lastly, that whole scenario I gave you with Rosemary calling and stuff, that's the kind of stuff that remote people do not have to deal with. Exactly. And I do not blame them because that stuff is soul crushing. Yeah. Right. It really is. And why it's soul crushing is because you're already behind the ball because imaging now, as I told you, has replaced the physical exam. So everybody is getting a scan. And for those of you who listen and you're not a radiologist, you got to understand that if you call me and say, can you take a quick look at this CT? No, there ain't right? no such thing. There's no such thing as a quick look, no. right? I've got to read every nook and cranny of that belly, right? And there's no such thing as, let me just focus in on the right lower quadrant. I'm all up <laughs> under the diaphragm looking for nonsense, Yeah. right? And so to add on top of that, the phone calls, these remote people who are coming in now saying they don't want to be in the hospital, they don't want to be taken. I don't blame them. However, I will say that radiology as a whole, this new remote, not on site, not present in the hospital culture is going to make radiologists more devalued than we were before. We will be increasingly commoditized. Yeah. 
we will be increasingly marginalized and increasingly excluded from the doctors in the hospital who give value to those who are in the mix. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's yeah. true. I agree with you. <laughs> it's true as a whole, definitely. But uh as a as a person, I mean individuals, I mean, they, you know, they are getting it's a pretty it's a pretty good it's a pretty good situation though. I mean it's uh let me see. I'm just looking at this average salary right here. So average radiologist salary on um, salary.com, $455,000 a year to not work in the hospital. Yeah. Just, just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. So anyways, we, we took up too much of your time, Dr. Dixon. You... uh. You broke down too much. We appreciate all of it. <laughs> no, I don't you know, we can always count on account on Dr. Dixon to give us the real deal. Oh um, man, I love it. That. Oh man, yeah, yeah, I do. I do give. I do give the real. And listen, giving the real is dangerous, right? Because particularly in this environment now, you know, people oftentimes, you know, they they want to hear the goody goody. And they don't want to hear the reality behind the goody goody. And I think I deserve somebody telling me what's behind it. So I've always had the mentality of, you know, if there are people coming behind me, you know, we all know we chose radiology for a reason. So I, I don't, I, I always feel like there's no sense in me belaboring the talk with, oh, how great radiology is. We, we came here for a damn reason. That's right. Right. And you know what it is. So that's not the part that we need to be focused on. Let's focus on the parts that can be improved or focus on the part that we're both struggling with, where you are and where I am. And mm -hmm. are is there a way we can fix it or are we just doomed to have to tolerate it? And that last example with increasing commoditization, increasing siloing, devaluing, mm -hmm. I'd like all the young people listening to ask, do you care about that? Yeah. Yeah. Important. I love sure. that you say that, man. And that's one thing. And I have to say this because as an IR, I've really felt like I'm in a unique position to continue <laughs> to demonstrate the value of a radiologist. I speak with a lot of subspecialists, all the <laughs> regarding from a biopsy to oncology work to vessel work to whatever it is. And so, you know, we all know a hospital can't run without an interventional radiologist. And mm -hmm. when, in my training, we rounded, you know, we, pre we were present, you know, we had a whole team and I, there are many times I wish I had resources to round. And, and, and when you're present on the floors and you're talking to these special, you know, these specialties, the intensivists, um, you go down to the ED and you, and you do a simple G-tube rescue, those sorts of things, being present and being the only one, being the only one in the hospital that can do those things, I think is why I feel comfortable um, with the future of IR. Um, we haven't even begun to talk about AI and AI scares when it comes to diagnostic radiology. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can talk about it another time, but I do, I, I agree with you, man. Being present, having that face-to-face -face time with a patient. How many times do I do a biopsy and I show a PET scan to a patient they've never seen their imaging? And I'm explaining, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, this is normal, this looks good, this is your liver, this is what we're going after. 
and and oftentimes they they light up you know it's just like going mm. over my imaging with me in that detail that I, you know this is what we're trained to do and i think using those opportunities will also help push the needle in our in our favor yeah man well we appreciate you making the time man this was awesome we put out a lot of information that we hope people will like actually uh listen to and understand and uh like you said like we all know radiology is great that's why we're here but you know the other part is why we uh we wanted to talk to you and it's important so people don't look back and say why don't you tell me you've been told Oh, yeah. And yeah. let me let me put a let me put a self plug out there. Um, I'm doing a Please. lot more lecturing now. Um, oh, yeah. So I actually just put up a new website. So if you guys want to look it up and tell me what your thoughts are, it is www.drasantedickson.com. Love it. Love it. Here. It is a um a lecturing website where, you know, I talk about all kinds of different topics for institutions and for um, uh, organizations and... Excellent, man. Well, we appreciate it, man. Everyone check out DrAsanteDixon.com. He knows it all. He's been through it all. He's seen it all. So we appreciate you making the time. Absolutely. Again, we really appreciate the listen. And uh, until next time, stay low and keep firing. Please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you get your pods. You might as well tell us. We need to know. Let me wait for this um, fire truck to pass you. <laughs> My bad. It heard it heard you saying you're about to go into this whole radiology thing. They sent the fire trucks out. Yeah, because he knew it was about to get hot.